Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the Film Alchemist podcast. I'm your host, Josh Grivy, here for a brief introduction before we continue the October Mega Marathon. You guys know the deal. 31 days, 31 pods. Before today's awesome episode and our amazing guest, a little business. Everyone, if you want all 31 days, you got to go support the show on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Pod is the absolute best and most important way to help support the show. But also, we do a ton of awesome stuff over there that makes it fun and worth your while. So this month particularly, we have the two Patreon exclusives that our listeners get a vote on. You get your feature-length commentary. We have a Tales from the Crypt miniseries that we're working our way through. A lot of fun stuff over there, trying to work very hard to make it worth your time and support. So especially after all the work that goes into the October Mega Marathon, if you'd be so kind, patreon.com slash Pod. We appreciate the support. The email, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel, Film Alchemist. Uh, you can uh, get us, get at us on all the socials. We're over there if you want to find us there. We're easy to get a hold of. That's what I'm trying to say. Another important thing you can do this month, there's two free things you can do to really help the pod out. One, make sure you're leaving five-star ratings and reviews wherever you find podcasts. That is very helpful for us uh, as we pursue this October journey. Try to catch all of the horror-loving, movie-loving people that we can this month. So go help us defeat the algorithm over there. Also, if you have horror fans in your life, you have people that are watching a lot of spooky season movies, please send them a direct message, a text, a DM, however you communicate. Let them know that we're out here and what we're doing, and we'll take it from there. We appreciate that very much. All right, today's episode's a very special one. I'm very excited for this episode. Not only is it the re- uh, the return of our dear friend Rachel Reeves, she's been one of our guests since she first appeared doing an episode on Predator. I love her writing where she interviews a lot of composers, uh, talks about the movies uh, or the music that's attached to movies that we all love. Um, she's also on all kinds of podcasts. Right here, I've, ha- I've got a list of them. The Losers Club, The Halloweenies Pod, Pod and the Pendulum, The Girls on the Boys, or Girls on the Boys. So Rachel is so busy. She's working all the time. Everything she puts out is just awesome, high-quality content. And what I really appreciate about Rachel is just how euphoric it is to get to talk to her all the time. Charming, witty, funny, just an incredible chat every time we're lucky enough to get the chance to talk. And I can't believe she keeps coming back and hanging out with us. But by God, I'm glad that she does. Uh, Wishing Rachel all of the success. If you check the show notes, you can find links to Rachel's stuff down there. Make sure you're following her everywhere and getting more Rachel in your life. You'll thank me later. She chose to talk about Orphan First Kill, a prequel to Orphan years after the first one. I actually have a connection with the film. A dear friend of mine, Dave Coggeshaw, wrote the script, which you will hear me argue is really the MVP of the film. So this was a great talk about a really fun, wild movie. I hope you guys enjoy it as much as I enjoyed it. Without any further yabbering, jabbering, yammering, one of those words you can pick. 31 days, 31 ill-used words. Uh, Rachel Reeves, an orphan first kill. Welcome back to the show, our uh, friend, returning one of our favorite people on Earth, Rachel Reeves. Welcome back. Uh, thank you for making the time. 
Oh my God, you're so welcome. It's the most wonderful time of the year. And I'm just so happy to be back here doing the Halloween thing. So thanks for That's having right. me That's right. I was telling you off air, I was like, sometimes the franchises can get to be a slog. We did Texas Chainsaw this year, Hellraiser last year. You get to those hairy entries and you're like, why? Mm. Why do we do this? And then all mm-hmm. our friends come back and you're like, that's exactly why we do it. Yeah. Um, so would you like to introduce yourself to people who haven't heard all of your amazing episodes uh, in the film Alchemist back catalog, let them know uh, who you are, what you're doing, and where they can find you online. Sure. Hi. Hello. I'm Rachel Reeves. Um, I am a writer, sometimes writer, sometimes pretty frequent podcaster. Uh, you can check me out on the Halloweenies or the Losers Club, Pod in the Pendulum, or the Girls on the Boys, where we talk about the boys. And um, yeah, you can find me on Twitter. I guess at the vinyl. <laughs> no wait, it's just at vinyl girl G R R R L or Instagram at the vinyl girl. And that's right. Yeah, that's what you can find. You really <laughs> undersold yourself. You are becoming uh, just an amazing podcast presence right now. Um, oh, it's been awesome to watch uh, you from afar. It's great that you still come back. Uh, so you, as always, picked an absolute banger. Uh, would you like to introduce the movie you chose and why? Oh. Absolutely. So today we're talking about the 2022 classic (laughs) Orphan First Kill. Yes, (laughs) I fucking love this movie. And I was telling you, I was laughing when you uh, picked this movie out. You know, to me, it just goes on a list and my brain goes into like, we got to get this done. It never dawned on me to reach out. One of my dear friends, Dave Coggeshaw, who played first base on my softball team, right? A guy that I love. I would jump in front of a car for uh he hired me to write on thousand ways to die i've known him for a long time he fucking wrote this movie and it was right it was right there i think the unsung hero of this movie is dave's script this script is fucking great it's kind of it's an interesting movie because it's a prequel Mm -hmm. where she's clearly grown up so you have all the technical challenges of how do you make her still fit into the gimmick of an eight-year-old girl who's really like a 40-year-old woman who wants to have sex with dads Fine, you have that, basically. The other problem this movie faces is what do you do with Esther once we know the reveal? Once we know Esther's secret, how do you make another one of those and make it interesting? In fucking hell, man, Dave really figured it out. Like, he really found lightning in a bottle. And I actually like this one maybe even more than the first one. I really enjoy what this movie's doing. Oh my gosh, it shocked me. So I had never, okay, let me preface this, my introduction to this. I never had seen the first Orphan before this came out. And the thing was like, I knew the twist, you you Mm. know, going into the original Orphan. So I kind of was just like, yeah, I'll get to it when I get to it, whatever. Right. (laughs) Um, And then when this came out, I was like, all right, it's time. So I watched it. It was like, actually, dang, that actually was super fun and really good. And even knowing the twist, it still worked for me. Oh, yeah. And then going into this one, I was kind of excited because, yeah, like you said, it's like, what do you how do you do this? What do you do? Yeah. How can we possibly care about this journey? How is this going to work? But I had heard people saying such amazing things like the day after it came out. Right. So it was like, well, I got it. And spoiler alert, spoiler alert. uh, I guess I already kind of ruined it. If you haven't seen Orphan, which is like (laughs) damn near 15 years old now. Yeah. Spoilers for this one, because I guess it is newer than I remember. You know, it's like that COVID and anything right after COVID, like time doesn't matter. So in my brain, this movie is like six years old. (laughs) Yeah. 
So yeah, spoilers if you haven't seen it. Um, yeah, but it, it really is an incredible trick they pull. I didn't ask Dave, but I'm for sure that he was a big fan of the documentary The Imposter. If you haven't seen that movie, because um, it's one of those things you're watching the movie. And they start doing this, and you're like, there's no fucking way. Like, I was almost mad at the TV watching it at the start. Mm-hmm. It's like, there's no fucking way. We started with this cool, like, Russian ex- escape, right? We'll get to that. But I was just mad. I was like, there's no fucking way. I'm a dad. I have a kid. And you're like, even four or five years later, like, why is my daughter Russian? What's happening, right? Like, yeah. why does she not remember stuff? And it's almost aggravating. You're like, this is just one of those really dumb horror movie things that I have to swallow. Right. And when they leverage that and twist it on you, right? Dude, the narrative jujitsu, it is so euphoric. It is such a cathartic moment. You're like, because, uh, and that's the other thing, going back and watching it again and watching mm-hmm. Julia Stiles reactions and listening to what she's saying in every moment. I mean, it's such a fun rewatch. Like the second time is even mm-hmm. so much more euphoric. Yeah, it's it's amazing that it works the first time. And even once you know it, it doesn't spoil the fun of the movie. Like it still mm-hmm. works knowing it because you're able to see things differently, understand things differently. And that's such a clever trick. And there's so many things about this movie that should not work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've seen yeah. it not work in so many films. <laughs> like, oh, my God, the origin story prequel, right? Like, oh, yeah. okay don't need it and so i i thought that's what we were going to have here but i was intrigued just by like what you were talking about the 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 time span the age gap like this shouldn't work but they let you know pretty quickly in that in that opening scene it's like oh this is not as bad as i thought like they're doing this mm-hmm. like the fact that isabel Furman is clearly not as young as she used to be like that happens right. uh, but somehow they're able to pull it off yeah, and everyone's so... got, like, Munster platform shoes. They have some young <laughs> yeah. bodies from behind. It it really becomes pretty seamless, yeah. right? Like, you just watch it, and you just fall right back in with Esther. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we start, right, we're, we're restarting at the the Lena Clamor, I think was her real Russian name, right? Oh, And yes. I, I just yeah. love that scene. Like, just watching her. When the, when the art therapist, right, she's like, I come here to help these people. And she just sees her in that room and she's like, oh, are you someone's daughter? She cannot process mm-hmm. that this is the dangerous patient they're talking about. And just seeing her even in shadows, it it never dawned on me how much I loved Esther. Like how right? much Orphan, the first movie, actually was something I really cared about. It felt like a movie. I was like, why the fuck would I want more of that? Mm-hmm. And when I saw her in the shadows, I was like, fuck, she's just a great character. And Isabel Furman is just or Isabella Furman, just fucking amazing. I don't know which one's right. I can never remember names, but she is incredible. She actually was in another movie I watched this year that I love, The Novice, about like a mm-hmm. rowing team. And it's another oh. of those movies like, I don't give a fuck about Ivy League rowing. Like, what? But you, she's so fucking captivating when you she, watch her. Yeah, she is. And like, from what I understand about this movie, she was kind of the the final push to get it made like she was like hey have you ever thought about this like i would like to come back and do yeah. another one and apparently at that kind of like finally greased the wheels enough to get them going and i love that she's so dedicated and like enthusiastic about this character mm-hmm. as everybody else because that you're going to see that you're going to see that enthusiasm you're going to see that injected into the character 
for somebody else to come back this many years later and kind of do this sort of off the wall horror character it could just kind of rings false a little bit like all right i just need the paycheck or whatever but she's so dedicated she's in on the joke and she shows up and so i i love that about her that she is oddly attached to this psychotic little maniac (laughs) oh yeah i mean there's nothing worse than when you see people come back for like the i need a paycheck movie and they don't love it and you're like now it kind of tarnishes my love for the original one Mm mm-hmm and this one just right off the bat lets you know. It just tonally, the, the Russian stuff and the escape and the fact that she's trained this other insane inmate with candy in like a code yeah. word to attack. And you just, it gives us a chance to kind of reset into how meticulous she is. Because when you yeah. watch the first one, if you get further away from it, right, it plays as she's just a really smart, evil kid. Mm-hmm. And then you find the ending, you're like, oh, she was actually just a grown up. But I think we forget how just insane, maniacally uh, focused on detail she is. And so I love that about the open of this. That shot when she escapes, right? And the lady's bashing the guy's brains in. And she goes out in the snow and the windshield wipers go. And Uh she just does the shh. I was like, oh, my God. Like, she is an iconic horror character. Um, Mm -hmm. And just a perfect way to refeed us into that story, right? And -hmm. again, it gets to this point that's fucking insane and has you almost yelling at your TV. But watching her, you know, you're like, why is this lady get out of the car? Of course she's going to be in the car. Of course she's going to brain her. But watching Esther take the steps, right? It becomes mm-hmm. this kind of like almost this weird like James Bond segment for a moment. Yeah. And I just, I honestly, I couldn't believe I was eating it up. When they did the 2007 Russia or Estonia or whatever, I was like, oh, give me a fucking break. Mm-hmm. And then I fucking loved it. <laughs> no, yeah, I loved it too. You just see how like manipulative and sly she is. And even people that know how dangerous she is, like that disgusting, perverted, like guard, like she's able to get in their heads. That motherfucker. And, yeah. And like everything she's like, she's just waiting for that moment and she doesn't waste any time. <laughs> like, it's mm-hmm. not like she's going to draw it out super long. Like the second he gets, she gets that guy in the room, like he's dead. And she's like, all right, I got my bag. I've got my go bag. I'm out. And <laughs> right. it's just, like, it's incredible to see her just like, all right, this is it later. The <sighs> second she can. <laughs> that guy, it's one of those perfect horror movie moments where you're like, this guy probably is a pedophile. Yeah. But now he thinks he's found like an acceptable way to do this, but it's still cringy because he's trading like things she needs. She's like, you can come in. I want to do something nice for you. You're like, ew, ew, ew. Like you're just grossed out. And when he does that thing, he kind of looks at her. He's like, this is wrong. I know she's hardcore, but he has this moment where he like leans his head back and like closes his eyes. Like he's in a John Hughes movie and you're like, oh no, here we go. Like you get, you get what you, it's, it's really awesome. And I love the fact I think it's the the guy who runs the place, right? He's talking to the new art therapist, and he, he talks about how she got her wounds from pulling on her restraints. Yeah. He has a line I love, and it becomes kind of this theme of the movie is, uh, we didn't fully appreciate the depths of her will to be free. Yeah. And I was like, what a wonderful little kind of inspiration for this hyper-focused machine that we're watching for the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um. I think it's just one of those you kind of immediately know you're like, this is going to be much more than I anticipated. Oh, And then totally. it puts you in this thing where you're like, oh, wait, no, it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. And then they get you back. It's just it's really 
a very fascinating series of decisions this movie makes. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting talking about like just her desire to be free because I think, yes, it's like free, but it's also it's like she doesn't like people seeing her as an adult. You know, it's like she like almost like when we the art therapist comes in and she's like seeing her as a child, you know, she's, you know, oh, why would you think that? And, you know, because she does. It's like she doesn't know, you know, who she is. Right. Yeah. And it's I don't know. I don't know if that's actually true, but it's kind of like she likes being seen like that in a weird. She's just twisted. It's, it's, so like, it's bizarre. Right. Because it's it's her defense mechanism that lets yeah. her get close enough to do crimes uh-huh. right there, there's a comic book i used to read a lot called fables and it was about all the fairy tale characters live in this like brownstone in new york right and they kind of go between the worlds because this creature is destroying like fairy tale worlds right well one of the characters is pinocchio and the the joke of the comic is that he's always just drinking and he's mad because he can't get laid because he always is stuck as a real boy yeah. And so he's just furiously mad that he can't have sex all the time. And <laughs> Esther is kind of like the darker real world version of that, where it's she wants everyone to not assume that she's coming so she can take them out if they want. Mm-hmm. But somehow has this real attachment to fathers. Right. Because oh, yeah. they talk about she used to steal and run. Mm-hmm. And then the reason she's in the asylum now is because one family she wouldn't run out on. And they're like, we don't know why. Yeah. And later, Julia Stiles asked her the same thing. And it's, not until you realize she has a real daddy complex. Yeah, there's something about that. It's a really that... extra headspace to explore. Yeah, yeah. It's, there's something about that daddy-daughter relationship, I think, that really just, you know, scratches a particular itch for her. Yeah. That she, it, it, it pulls her back in when everything else is telling her to leave. Like, we see that in the movie, right? Like, she's Mm. like, all right, they know who I am. The jig is up. Like, I'm out. And then turns around and is like, oh, but actually. Yeah. But, like, what if something's here? Like, she comes back against her better judgment because this father is so sweet and actually thinks Mm. that she is this long-lost abducted daughter, I think. I the story there is wild to begin with, but he yeah. really believes it. <laughs> well, because you're watching it and they're like the first time Julia style, they're walking out of his fencing club or whatever. Gunner's some fucking kind of dipshit fencer, right? Rich. Um, asshole, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just rich asshole stuff. It's like, there's no one who's ever looked cooler, tough fencing. Right. And like, they're just there like clapping and you're like, mm-hmm. Ugh, gross. I hate these people. Yeah. Uh, and they come out and they see the detective and it's like, you know, what is she, what? And I think Julia style says, what is he doing here? Yeah, she looks concerned. It's like they found Esther and you watch her face drop. But we don't realize that. We think this is a journey of parents who are finding their long lost kid. Right. Yeah. Because she she like Googled it and found missing kid. So we don't realize yet that she's in on it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so there is this. But Julia Stiles says it later. And it's it's again, it's kind of this beautiful writing moment where you're giving yourself story armor while doing a kind of classic horror movie start of your act, too, which is. Tell people the story they want to believe, right? Right, yeah. And she's helping teach Esther be a better fucking criminal, right? She's giving her better mm-hmm. weapons with which to do as they're kind of doing this two-man show. But that's what Esther thinks she's doing at the start. Like, of course that father... It's it's incomprehensible yeah, that a a Russian woman who is 31 but looks 12 found your daughter online after she murdered all of her art therapists got Mm -hmm. from russia to america 
in his here but like what an audacious scheme like of course they're yeah. gonna believe that yeah right and so it's one of those you know they say you got to give every movie one dumb thing to make it work and you're like that's a pretty fucking dumb one until <laughs> it's not until yeah. it's not and then that the dad though to your point he's so sweet and empathetic it's such a great performance and you're like yeah i'd be like that dad too i'd be like this is better. This is, you know, it's it's like a less sad pet cemetery. Dead yeah. is not better, right? Missing's not mm -hmm. better. I just want this kid back. Um, well, and I love it. Yeah, it, exactly. It's like, yeah, maybe she doesn't quite look like how you imagine. Maybe, yeah, the I mean, Russian thing got, is throwing me off. Yeah. yeah, the accent thing. But, like, I can't imagine, you know, feeling like that and wanting to believe so hard that you're willing to kind of look oh, past yeah. so many things because you just you want your kid back. And I think that that's something that the movie knows. Right. And it's like, oh, it, we're, so we're kind of making excuses for him and Julia Stiles, the, the, the wife, because it's like, all right, that makes sense. I can see why you would want to overlook all of these little tiny, tiny red flags, I guess. Like, right. are you actually this kid? I don't know. Maybe we should do a DNA test. They never really um, yeah. explore that option, but I guess yeah. that's well, not Because the eventually the detective's just like, you know what exists? Thumbprints. And you're like, right. that's pretty good. Like, you yeah. think that someone at Interpol or whoever, it's like human trafficking yeah. Esther over. I guess Probably because they're rich, first. maybe they just private jetted it. And Julia Stiles, because she mm. wants to cover it up, she's like, all right, I just got to make this work. Yeah. So they do legal workarounds, but it is kind of a, yeah, maybe. that seems far-fetched, but okay, we'll go with it. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, it it's kind of funny, because again, they're all, everyone in the house, every scene that has the family, yeah, they're all lying in different ways, except for the dad. And so when you go back and rewatch it, it's so fucking fun to sit and watch those scenes. Of the dad thinking he's back with his family, his life is complete. He's like, I feel young again. I feel passion again. And watching all three of the others kind of trying to pick their lane with which to perpetrate their lies. Um, it's fucking awesome. It's, oh, it's really well laid out. Oh, yeah. That's like my favorite thing. Like, so once once the twist does come that dun dun dun, dun Trisha, Julia knows Dude, all along that Esther when the detective says uh she's like even my mom doesn't know it's not me and the detective goes yes she does and then yes. she fucking shoots him i remember watching it and having a literal audible gasp on my couch like what the fuck no me too <laughs> i did you see it coming because i did not. no i had no fucking idea and honestly i mm -hmm. should have mm, yeah because again you're like as in a screenwriter's headspace, you're like, this is so fucking outlandish. Yeah. There's no fucking way. Something's wrong. But mm -hmm. I was so enjoying the ride and performances that I stopped wondering what's wrong. And again, well, yeah. if you're watching, you're like, this would be so well written and thought out. There's no way they're just doing this very lazy, the rich people are too dumb to know. Yeah. So, like, I should have fucking known. I should have seen it. But I was so fucking engaged it just, I honestly was gobsmacked. Yeah. And I, that's when I like officially was like, all right, I'm in love with this movie because it love knew it. that it knew. And that, if that like, moment didn't work, you, mm -hmm. what does this movie become? No, totally. But like they knew, I think that fans would go into it having pretty low expectations. Mm. They knew based off of what we knew from the first orphaned that like, I don't know, 
it's logical to just kind of assume that like, oh, we already know this story because they kind of talk about it a little yeah. bit in that movie. Another rich family got duped by it. It'll be fine. Yeah. So it makes sense that like that's kind of where our head would be because that's the information that we have to go off of. And so by kind of playing with all of those expectations and just kind of subverting them in such a fun, clever way. Also, Julia Stiles, like... You don't necessarily expect who her knew? to be this kind of character. Yeah, who <laughs> just... knew? She really came out of, like, yeah. <laughs> just dropped one on us. Like, yeah, I didn't so... know she still had that in her. Um, really? Wonderful so you... performance. Yeah, so by using her kind of as a person to kind of subvert those expectations, I think, as well, just was just brilliant, I think, on all levels. And then, basically, you have three people three horrible people and just kind of at this weird like back and forth standoff of who you know this battle of the baddies and this poor dad is the only one who doesn't know dude it's, it's crazy because yeah they cut to after she kills the detective she's got her little gun and she goes that is beyond fucked up right because yeah. she hears esther's story and she's like you're a criminal a uh, mm -hmm. small person who's old and you escaped the sorry she's kind of laying it out right yeah. And when Esther goes, wait, Esther didn't disappear. Yeah. And the mom's like, what was I supposed to lose my other kid because some, you know, sibling roughhousing went out of control. And so you're mm -hmm. like, oh, so not only is Julia Stiles just a stone cold murderer, mm -hmm. that little fucking fencing guy, Gunner, he fucking killed his sister. So yeah. when he's acting like a piece of shit to Esther yeah. and just hanging out and doing, you know, his party or whatever, like he doesn't even give a fuck. He's already killed Esther once. Yeah. Right. And so he's sitting there calling her a psycho and a freak. And you're like, meanwhile, you're the one who murdered your fucking sister mm -hmm. and made mom throw her in the fucking hole. I mean, it just it explodes in this like now your brain is like, wait, what about that? What about that? Mm -hmm. And she just kind of goes into this. This is what I do. I clean up after my kids. And she yeah. has this great line. She's like, well, Esther can't disappear twice. <laughs> and she's like, you chose this role. You're going to fucking play it. And I was like, there is this thing they keep shoehorning in, which I don't know if it ever like manifests very well in the rest of the story, but they keep shoehorning in the like her husband matters because his family came over on the Mayflower. Yeah. And yeah. they say it like five times, like we matter. You're an immigrant. Well, they're, I was like, they're well, that yeah. and they're rich, right? Like we're rich yeah. white people. We matter. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I, I believe that. they talk like that. I was like, it's kind of yeah. inconsequential to the story. Mm -hmm. I thought that was going to have some kind of like payoff, like the skulls or something. Yeah. But there is a thing because Gunner's even like, I'm a rich white guy. You know, my mm -hmm. family matters. What are they going to believe the immigrant? And I was like, oh, yeah, there's no precedent for Americans loving reality shows, talking <laughs> shit and drudging the skeletons up of rich family. We would love that. We would absolutely mm -hmm. listen to her. It'd be on it. Nancy Grace would do like 55 episodes in a row. But I think it does like lend itself to the believability that these people would feel so entitled, would feel yes. so like arrogant that they could get away with this. That's right. Like the fact that they could just take this shot and how long they're planning on just like raising this human, this 31 year old woman for forever. Like they're just thinking that. Yeah. This is gonna and in work. like five years, dad's going to be like, she's not getting bigger. Yeah. Okay. Like, it must have been whatever happened in Russia. It's like now he's like got to do a Stranger Things like hoop and go over mm -hmm. and find out what happened in Russia. They're they're just going yeah. one beat at a time. She's like, my dead child has just shown back up and has changed the equation, and she just jumps into that. Yeah, like I'll just solve this problem. 
Yeah. She's like, we'll go buy some nice shit and we'll solve this problem like always. Yep. It's pretty awesome because, again, you're taking our iconic movie monster, Esther, mm-hmm. who we've done this journey with. And now there, there's this visual motif where she's trapped like that mouse and she keeps being like, I'm sorry, you have to live here. Watching Esther, who is the monster, become kind of our sympathetic. It turns into like children in the at or flowers in the attic or oh. whatever, where <laughs> yeah. like she's fucking stuck in the house now. And there's yeah. just this kind of like mental warfare of like, how long are we all willing to keep this ruse going that becomes so just demented and wonderful? Yeah. But what I appreciate about that is they're not I don't think they're trying to make her sympathetic. Like we've seen I feel like we've no. seen that a lot where like in some of these films where we have like these villains and then they try to like make us sympathize with them and like make excuses for them or kind of like, okay, but why? And what I appreciate here is like, no, they're all just awful. Like she's still a monster, but now she's just kind of met her match unexpectedly with, you know, Julia, um, Trisha, I just, she's just Julia Stiles and, and Gunner, you know, just like, so they're, they're just all bad. It's not trying to yeah. say that like, oh, this is why she became a yeah. bad person. It's not making apologies for her, which yeah. I I think is wonderful. <laughs> Sometimes Godzilla and King Kong just both step on your house, right? Yeah. You don't have to pick a winner. They both suck. Uh, it's just little things, right? Like the, oh, I hate mommy's cooking. Or then when she's telling mm-hmm. the sheriff, like she's been trying to hurt herself. I'm really, you watch them, the chess match. The yeah. coolest obviously is, yeah, when the mouse dies from the sleeping pills. And so she puts the fucking rat or the mouse in the smoothie. I had forgotten that gag was coming. And I was on my car. I did a like I forgot. And I was like, what a fucking. And see, that's like really good horror movie shit to me Mm -hmm. because it's working on so many story levels and it is just gross, but it's not so graphic and in your face. Right. It's not cheap. It's just this real fuck you between two characters that I felt in my soul. I fucking love that moment. Yeah. And well, and it's, it's the fact that we're in on the joke. Like we're yeah. in, like we, like we as the audience know everything. And then this dad, Alan doesn't. And so we're like, Oh God, like he doesn't like, it's so awkward, intense. And, you know, so just the fact that we know what's happening between them, but he doesn't, it's just like, yeah, he's just a... sitting there eating his breakfast. <laughs> like, <laughs> She's like, throwing the like, switch on the disposal. Oh, so great. Like, I mean, it's, it's a movie. So it's, it's just funny that like I, you, you would even feel that way. But I think that's what happens is yeah. just to see them just trying to pretend like this is normal life, which mm. that, that house has to be so awkward all the yeah, time. Yeah, you're like, this is going to be the norm for at least 10 more years. Like, we're going to be in this kind of warfare. Because they're both Ugh. monsters, but neither of them can say, hey, man, like, we got to be cool. Because they can't, yeah. they're not those kind of people. They get what no. they want all the time. Um, I just, because it is, it's funny if you think about the movie in context, right? Yeah. You get our cold open. And the detective getting killed even is fairly inconsequential. Like, it doesn't, there's not a lot of gratifying horror moments. Right. It's just real kind of storytelling and performance uh, gratification. Mm -hmm. And it's it's kind of amazing how long they're able to keep that engagement up without having to drop into, you know, oh, here's another person they're going to kill. Oh, Esther's got to kill three of his teenage friends. Right. Yeah. Just the the deployment of things like this mouse and the reveal, they really get a lot of run and the tension runs fucking high for most of the movie. Yeah. No, I think the pacing is 
is really great because you've got kind of like these three little chunks, right? You have her like in Estonia, we got like that little chunk and then we kind of are like following along and in, in that little chunk where we think that she's yeah. just deceiving the them. The all lifetime movie chunk. <laughs> yeah, like trying to figure out like if they know or like how that's going to work. And then that like third act, which is like an hour into the movie when kind mm. of that, that final twist comes in. And then it's just you're just it it just keeps cranking it up, and then it's by an the time that comes out, yeah. like it's just so well executed to keep you engaged, so it doesn't ever really feel like it's a slog, and you're like, okay, where is this going? Yeah. And um, yeah, it is interesting thinking about it. It's like there there are some there's like these horror ish elements, but ultimately, it's not really like that kind of movie like it's a horror movie but is it is it is it a slasher yeah, just... because you're like it's not as much like a slasher it's more like single white female yeah right like you're like weird it's thriller not... yeah it, it's more thrillery right like there are moments like when she's gonna shove them in front of the train yeah it's like, you little bitch you thought you could kill. and you're like all right now they're back to doing like movie monster stuff yeah. um when she stabs the detective that feels ca- all right maybe it's a horror movie no we're doing the thriller thing um, it's just, yeah. I, and again, I, I think that's just a one. It just found its own lane and just kind of goes. I love it. Yeah. And it is horrifying. Like the idea of an imposter in your house, like that's the wild thing. Cause that documentary is the same thing where it's like, there's no fucking chance they thought that was the kid. And so then you have yeah. to ask, why are they bringing them in? And this movie just puts a, a pen on it and plays it out really well. Right. Like the, uh, you know, they're just like, <laughs> cause the cop brings her home. She does her little, you know, she's a maniac, maniac. She's got Love her it. glasses and her lipstick. Smoking. Her like, <laughs> she's living her Barbie moment, right? mm-hmm. which I fucking love. And she gets brought home. And Julia Stiles just like, I can't even do this for two more hours. We're going to kill her ass now. And it's yeah. got to happen because dad's on the train. And I was mm-hmm. like, so I was like, how is there not like an hour left of this? I was so ready for it to gear up. And it wraps up fucking quick. It does. And it wraps up. Like I just... I love it when, you know, franchises or, you know, I don't know, there's only two of them, so it's not really a franchise yet, but like when it's connecting those threads. And so it's like finally tying in more to the story that we know of from the first orphan with the Mm -hmm. house fire and like, you know how that ends, like they all die. So it's just kind of like, it's kind of wild. Like two of those bodies are not in the fire. Yeah. Like. What are they? How did they answer away the two fucking splattered dead bodies on the sidewalk? Yeah, great. That's and then they're like that other skeleton has a fencing foil stuck in its ribs. That's weird. Yeah, oh, that's, that's weird. Yeah, <laughs> just uh, don't think about it. An arrow and a yeah, a fencing. Yeah. Oh, and thing a crossbow. And like... Yeah, for good measure, a crossbow bolt. Yep. Uh, yeah, that was awesome. When that little fuck, because his mom, he throws her down the stairs. He's like, I didn't mean to. You're like, that's a throwback. To the yeah. last time he did this. So watching him watch his like former crime scene was cool. And then when mom's like, go finish it, and he grabs his little dumbass fencing helmet and his little stick, mm. his little foil. I was like, what a loser. Like, I can't yeah. wait for this guy. To get... I was like, that has to be the pussiest kind of like, I'm going to go kill someone. Yeah, I feel like it's... I would just laugh. If someone came at me in a fencing outfit, I would just not be able to not laugh. Like, it's the least intimidating of yeah. all of the slasher kind of setups you can wear. <laughs> Do we get, is there a fencer? Is there like any like weird, I feel like there has to be, right? Is there like some like I've 80s? Seen, 
like C D list like slasher where there's like a fencer. I know that there's one. There's a weird like, one of those um, like a what pole was it? vaulter or something. Yeah, right. There was a, a Shakespeare adaptation they did where they had rooftop fencing to the death in one of them. And I was like, this is really take like people are drinking champagne. It's like to the death. I can't remember what it was. It was fucking no, it was Hamlet. It was the Hamlet remake with Ethan Hawke, I think. And they have to like oh, fence gosh. to the death. And I was like, God, fencing's just never cool. Like it's just like the most uncool. It's like yeah. ah, it's like well, watching like, adult tag. I know they sharp, they're sharp, but they like bet. Yeah, anyway, points. Like, mm, yeah, but you he never doesn't... see those guys like bleeding out, and they're like, I gotta get this final point. They're like <laughs> bleeding, like wow, that's very heroic and champion. <laughs> like, yes, it's just like aha, like they're poking mm-hmm. each other. Yeah, and I was like, all right, that's fine, I guess. But yeah, you're like Esther's gonna fuck this kid up, and that's yeah. the other thing you see is she's taking on two on one. I fucking lost it laughing when all she has to do to defeat Julia Stiles is spit on her. And she's just <laughs> yeah. like, like her inner Karen comes out. She's like, I can't fucking believe you had the How guts. How dare you? Yeah. yeah exactly. How dare It's like, maybe uh, finish the murder and then clean up. Mm-hmm. Like just wipe it all. But she stops and goes to the sink. And then she's like, go finish it. And he's like, why well, did the last one on accident? Like I don't handle things and right. watching them. Like in those moments of, their status is always protect them. You're like, Esther's going to gobble them up. Like, it's over. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was so fucking fun how that played out. Yeah. It's it's just so funny. And I... Okay, so this is also going to date me, I think, a little bit. But I think maybe, <laughs> maybe you'll know. But there's something that I really love about this movie. So when Gunner, this little douchey mm-hmm. kid, was, like, out with all his friends in the backyard. And they're, like, drinking beers and being all cool. There, so a Juliana theory song plays, and like oh, really? I used to love, I mean, I used to, I do love them. Like I was just like really loved them, like in high school and stuff. And I was like, that is such a weird, interesting song choice, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, to be in this movie, like I feel like that's a little bit of a deep cut. So yeah. I investigated a little bit, and I don't know if you know this, but like talking about people in the credits that you like know but didn't know, but like knew, right. but like, oh yeah, I should have probably said something to this guy. Um, so the composer, Brett, I don't know how you say it, Detar, Detar, he was in the Juliana theory, and now he composed oh! this, he composed <laughs> the score, and also Chris oh, Dudley yeah. from Under Oath worked on it. So I love that there's I like knew Under Oath the, well, yeah. Yeah, like these like I like that. Like, I'm gonna like get some royalty emo- checks for the boys. You know? Like, e- like these like <laughs> emo kids like doing the score for this like super silly like horror movie, and that just like makes me love this film even more. So that's, that's awesome. a weird, a that's weird a little great pickup. I never even thought like it never dawned on me. I was just like, oh, they're high school kids listening to high school shit. Yeah, did so not ever- pick it up at all. You ever wondered like what happened to those cute emo boys that were in those bands? Um, well, I mean, composer. I know under under oath still out there killing it, but um, otherwise they're probably composing the score for these insane, crazy <laughs> horror movies. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just great. I I love the attention to detail. Um, one of the scenes in the finale that really got to me. Yeah, I love that because they do this classic like they're kind of fighting, and you're like. Julia Stiles just beat the shit out of her. Yeah. Right. It's kind of like the Chucky thing. It's like, I know she's 31, but proportionately she still weighs 70 pounds. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of funny because my kids were watching this with me. Right. Mm-hmm. 
and watching it, my two sons are kind of they're like kind of knuckleheaded boys, right? They're they're like kind of hardcore. Uh, they watch pro wrestling and a lot of sports, and they both started looking at me, and I was just like, no. I was like, no, you can't fucking beat me up. Don't even try. And my little five-year-old runs and just double, like, kicked me in the side when I wasn't looking. Yeah. And, like, they watched this movie and Esther gave them hope that they could beat me up. And I, I had to be like, that's enough. That So that was also something I got to experience why. That's, um, you're like, you know she's not really a child. Like, she's really a full-grown yeah, adult. She's it's just actually perspective pretty- shots, you guys. <laughs> like- but, yeah, watching this movie, my kids were inspired. They're like... Because I, I, I know it's a thing, like, when I was a kid, eventually you have to fight your dad. That's how you become a man. Eventually you and your dad will stop communicating like, for two years like and then dogs. you'll fight each other. Yeah, it was really weird, right? It's like what they uh, they always do with lions, right? Like a new alpha comes in and takes yep. over. And I was like, all right, I don't want to fight my dad. It'd be nicer if we could just talk, but I'll start preparing for war. And my uh-huh. kids saw Esther and were like, that day's today. And they're eight and five. <laughs> That's so funny. But yeah, I was like, just kill her. But then when they get stuck on the because i was a little worried when they went on the roof but it leads to one of my favorite moments in the film which is where dad has to make a choice yeah between the two of them and they're both spouting out these insane stories about the other one yeah like julia styles is hanging off her life she's like she's a russian 31 year old dwarf you're like wait what, what the fuck yeah, what what did you just say i can't hear you over the I'm blazing the fire that's burning our home <laughs> yeah what did you think when he grabbed esther I mean, think about it, though. Like, if he really honestly believed that was his daughter, like, I'm sorry. Do you think that, like, he's going to choose his child or his wife? And this child that, like, he's been searching for and mourning. And, like, it makes sense to me thinking about, like, that. And I think that was kind of the final, like, confirmation where it's, like, he believed 100%. Like, from, like, this whole movie, I don't think he ever doubts her unless i'm like not remembering correctly but i don't think he ever doubts anything or gets like any hint gives any sort of idea that he doesn't think it's the real esther and i think that right there is just like no he's gonna save this child and then but then he finds out that (laughs) not a child yeah not quite yeah (laughs) because julia styles even says right we can't lose esther twice right away yeah um that was my other thought. I was like, to give him a little benefit of the doubt, I would hope that my wife, as an adult woman, yeah, could do some like physical maneuvering to try to save herself, yeah, or would be stronger to try. I mean, granted, that looked like a big fucking fall, and they both splattered at the end, so maybe there was no hope. Oh, and she just, hits hard, and I love that. Yeah. Because, well, okay, I don't love that she hits hard, but like I, I love because it's just like love when it's people like just get very. <laughs> It's, it's just like very definitive right yeah there's she's not getting she's not up like up. michael myers she didn't fall on like soft grass she's fucking dead dead yeah curved like she's done yeah and uh i just i thought if i had one complaint i was like i would have liked to see that moment breathe a little more yeah and her immediately like dad i'll blow you and it's like whoa what no she doesn't say it quite like that that's a paraphrase yeah. that's yeah. a paraphrase but uh because <laughs> he makes one of the hardest choices you could imagine do i save my wife or kid and mm-hmm. I think my wife and I would agree, save the kid. We've had right. a good run. We're older, yeah. right? Yeah. And so he makes this unimaginable choice. And then her denture slides. Uh, yeah. And he goes, what? Who are you? And she goes, I did this so we could be together. And he's like, you fucking monster. And I was like, yeah. all right, this is very abrupt. I know he's grieving his wife and now he's re-grieving his daughter. Yeah. I would have liked for that, the horror of that moment. Yeah. I would have liked to have sat in that a little longer. 
Yes. I, I, I can see that. I do think so in the first one, it gets a little weird between the, the you know, Esther and the dad. I mean, which I some of is... the most uncom most uncomfortable watching. Do you ever see that movie yes. with Nicole Kidman birth? No, but I know. It, so yeah. Yeah. The story is, is that there's a young boy who's like kindergarten age mm. and Nicole Kidman's convinced it's her reincarnated husband. Oh, no. And like no. wants to be with it. Like it's like. But Esther really is kind of leaping that line in the first one. Yeah. And it's, and it kind of makes it makes sense, though, like pairing these together and realizing this comes yeah. first. And so maybe like that is going to motivate her to make a move like a more aggressive move sooner. Yeah. And the you're like, they month. are both adults. So it's not weird there. And like he's it's weird. but he doesn't know. Like it's it's a lot. It's, it's a, a lot. fucking lot. Yeah, right? it's like it a real <laughs> for everyone yeah. who's like, I don't get why Woody the Woody Allen thing's weird. I'm like this. This is weird. This is when why, you yeah. when you raise a child and adopt a child, like that's weird. That's really weird. Watch that movie. It's uncomfortable. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I okay, so yeah, they all die. <laughs> she escapes <laughs> again. Yeah. Um and I think it's so interesting because we see her, you know, it's lining up with the next one and like you know oh we can send her like i know a good orphanage that we can send her to and like who wouldn't want to adopt her and it's Dude. like i'm okay so this is her story up until like you meet this kid you're looking for a kid to adopt she well actually i don't know what happened before estonia i can't remember what they say happened before this last family but so she, she was an orphan she had found another family we can put it together that she fell for the man killed the family he didn't reciprocate and it seems like oh, she killed all of them so, uh, okay, so this is in, in this movie. Okay, so this is the second family that she's done. Okay. At least. Uh, all right, it that's... seems like at least, yeah. Yeah, so somehow this child has gone through two whole families, and they are all dead. I can right. see, like, that would make me um, hesitant. Well, they wouldn't know about it. Estonia, right? Because that was her other name. But yeah, it's like, <laughs> but it is, it's hard, right? It's like you see this little girl, you don't have to change the diapers. Yeah. She's healthy. She can play piano. She draws. She wears weird clothes. You're like, that, that'd be a red flag. She dressed like, like one of those China dolls. You're like, that's not my favorite. But that yeah. could be orphan shit, right? Like, orphans mm -hmm. probably don't have a lot of wardrobe dictation. Like, I, okay. I think you would. I think you would what? adopt her. You know, it's funny that she continues to, like, dress like this because, mm -hmm. all right, 2007... Like, yeah. she could have totally worn, like, on her wrists, like, lots of those, like... Dude emo like jelly bracelets yeah. and like she could have worn like some chokers or stuff like yeah, she could the have, chokers were huge she back could then, have yeah. gone like full scene like she didn't have to go like this weird i guess it plays into her whole like shirley temple fascination a stony estonia gimmick <laughs> like... yeah see i thought it's because she was watching <laughs> shirley temple and she's like that's how to be a good girl to totally. and you're like but those movies are like fucking hundred years old dude what are you like yeah i guess if you want to blend in you go yeah you go to the mall and you're like all right just i'm gonna infiltrate the hot topic yeah. uh that'll explain it that'll explain away my wounds and you know i'll be that card yeah i'll be an emotionally <laughs> unavailable teenager mm -hmm. and then i'll blend in that way yeah right like she's not the wisest of uh of a criminals here <laughs> I think it's safe to say she's got some some issues upstairs and that's okay <laughs> yeah there is this weird like she's dressing like a doll or an old lady but she's an old person 
playing young. You're like, there's a yeah. lot of extra psychosis in the character built in by her decisions. Yes. But also, like, as a horror fan, love it. Like, icon. Love it. Because it's like, you, it's it's part of her thing, right? And, like, you could dress up like Esther. And, like, every, oh, you know, man. killer has, like, its look. And so I love that that's, like, her look and that it's consistent through these. Um, yeah. And that's just her thing because it's so individual. Like, I can't necessarily think of another character like this like of, of course yeah. we've had like killer kids and we've had i mean even this director like so william brent bell he did i know it's not an actual kid but i think he did the boy movies which i'm not really oh, familiar yeah. with brahms but yeah it's like a guy living in the walls yeah but they're like i've good. heard they're i was like I, yeah i've heard that they're not that bad and so yeah. like we've got those but like you know, Esther is a whole other bag of tricks. <laughs> but yeah, Esther, it's funny because, yeah, we got the complicated. Why is she the way that she is? She wants to fuck all the dads. Um, She's stone cold in her murdering. She's got this, mm -hmm. you know, very like laid out detail oriented mind, which is psychotic. Um, There's all these things. But at the end, you boil it down and it's just real fucking simple. Mm -hmm. She's just evil. <laughs> just plain and simple. She's just fucking that last shot when she's smiling. Who wouldn't want to adopt her? And she kind of smiles to herself and then it slips because we see what she really is. It's like a, a throwback to Psycho almost, right? When Norman yeah. Bates is going through, which one am I now? And it's just all roads lead. She's just fucking evil, yeah. right? And it's not like, because I remember when Megan came out and Megan likes took everyone by storm. And I was like, Megan's just a lesser Esther because mm. Esther has these extra layers. Still simple, yeah. right? She's a misguided, like, I have this thing that I want to do and I'll do evil shit to get there. But these extra layer, and again, it's it really comes back to Isabel Furman is just a fucking flamethrower, like just yeah. without her, you know, this movie might be lost to the five dollar bin of history. Like who knows? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of shocking that it it works as well as it does, and I and I love that. That just you know, it gives me it gives me hope. Yeah, and like I mean, this, when this was coming out to streaming, were you in any way like, oh no? totally because it's one yeah. of those things and it's just like really why like why are we doing this why are we doing this again like we've seen this so many times in horror like not interested in these stories that are going to try to make me feel bad for this really terrible character <laughs> like, i don't need to yeah. and so it was just such a joy to be like all right i stand corrected like you put me in my place like you know what you're doing all oh, right for sure like i judged it's probably it, the but... most pleasantly surprised i've ever it's like the inverse of when i went to see prometheus uh <laughs> where I, I was convinced i saw the trailer i was like prometheus is probably going to be my new favorite movie like yeah. i was expecting that kind yeah. of thing and then i just which is funny because dave who wrote this movie the other mvp of the movie it's him and isabel Furman. Yeah. uh he fucking loves prometheus and we've had a lot of arguments over that movie um but what we cannot argue about is that his script for this movie is fucking amazing. It is. It's it's great because it just there were so many things I didn't expect it to do. And it's just so smart to kind of play on those expectations, like mm. like we've kind of say. And like I, I would always rather be like I, I hate getting my expectations like super high for a film. Like that hype train right. is is a dangerous thing because sometimes then you go into great it point. thinking something's gonna be like really amazing and no matter how good it is like you, you know it's maybe it's not you know the most amazing thing ever it's just yeah. great you know and that's fine but it you can feel be... mad you can't get as up as other people you're like, yeah it was, like it was a fine movie 
Yeah, like for yeah. me, that that's that's kind of bit <laughs> me in the ass. It's that unfair shit times. you bring into the experience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so sometimes going in with really low expectations is great because then it's like, oh man, that wasn't awful. I love it. <laughs> I know. I feel bad because Dave's my buddy, but I was just like, when I heard about it, I had forgotten it was a thing. Yeah. And when it's like it's on Paramount today, I was like, oh god. I was like, all yeah. right, well, I guess yeah. I'll watch this, and then just what a fucking ride, man. What a ride. Yeah. It's uh, and like awesome. to, for it to be like on streaming too. I thought that was kind of like I, I've thought a lot about like you know should have this have been like released in theaters and like is was it fair to put it right on on streaming and I don't know I think it would have actually done pretty good if it had been in theaters especially once the word got out I think yeah um but I don't know not mad about it being yeah. on streaming I think it, it the nice good. thing about the streaming release it's also just the world we live in right a lot of these yeah. kind of mid size movies are going to get dropped into streaming now yeah the nice thing about streaming for this one mm-hmm. is a lot of people can get to it immediately before you kind of spoil the twist totally and yep, when we yep, watch yep. it and we're like oh my god orphan first kill fucking rips mm-hmm. someone can go right to their couch and watch it immediately yep. right paramount so there's, plus paramount yeah, plus, paramount plus <laughs> represent there's a lot of energy to that that if a movie's done well yeah. You can really capitalize on that wave. Now, again, I'm not wise enough to talk about the financial implications of all that kind of industry shit. Mm-hmm. Um, my brain barely does money thoughts, period. But <laughs> on just like a fun level, it was fun to watch it and then get on and see this tidal wave of enthusiasm build and build and build for the weekend. Um, yeah. So yeah, I just, I mean, just what a shocker of a film. Like one yeah. of the most pleasantly surprised experiences i've had in years watching a movie yeah uh, did the uh did the effects like the sh- like the of her being <laughs> the perspective shots and trying the... to make her look shorter than she actually is did that did that work for you I, is it g- for g- the passable? most part i thought they did a really good job the one thing that i thought was the one thing that i noticed because i thought they did a pretty good do- job yeah the one thing is there's like four shots of the dad coming out of a door where he yeah. has to like duck under a door. Yeah, it's yeah. And then you cut to the kitchen with like the little body double, and I'm like, that guy's like five ten. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I'm like, he goes from like Hodor to just like a dad. Yeah. Um but again, I honestly I thought it was pretty fucking impressive. Right? I thought it was There's I, it a great cast photo of all of them on their various height platform boots standing next mm-hmm. to uh Isabel Furman. And I was like, yeah. yeah, fuck yeah. I think that's crazy that they just went for it. Yeah, and then Loved using it. like an actual like child, you know, yeah. for scenes where it's just like they the could back have of done that Marlon Wayans movie, The Little Man, right, oh, where they God. just put her face on a kid's body. But no, Thank God, they went old school and figured out some practical ways to make it work. And, and yeah, again, I think she's so amazing that she just has this gravity that not a lot of actors have. That like when she's on screen, that's what I'm looking at. Yeah, totally. and I don't really give a fuck like about anything else that's happening for the most part. Mm-hmm. And Julia Stiles weirdly like keeps pace with her so yeah i just i just thought this movie just kind of crushes on every level yeah i really loved it yep shouldn't shouldn't should not have worked at all should have been awful but it's not and i love that and i'm I'm so happy for it (laughs) yeah exactly uh well that's it guys we hope you loved it as much as we did dave thank you for this movie man my my good friend i love dave legendary first baseman for the spoilers uh, if you play softball in Burbank and Glendale, you remember us, multiple time champions. 
Uh, great guy. His wife actually is also a fantastic writer. They both have been on the blacklist together. Nice. Uh, she directed her first horror movie, Bed Rest. Right? Mm-hmm. So her movie came out last year as well, I think. Uh, just great people. Awesome people. They have lovely kids who are not murderers. So <laughs> sending some love to Dave. Uh, <laughs> I hope you listen to this. I love you guys. Uh, Rachel, we love you too. Thank you for spending some time with us. You're always amazing on the show. Uh, would you like to remind everyone where they can find your stuff? And uh, sure. if you have any projects you want to plug coming up, uh, go for it. Sure. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Vinyl Girl, G-R-R-L-R-L, or Instagram at The Vinyl Girl. And yeah, I'll post all my writing there. But yeah, I'll have a couple interviews coming out. Um, one with John Massari, composer for Killer Clowns. Yeah, you interview one... a lot of composers. I, yeah, really, I, I really talk fascinating. a lot of music folks. And That's then... how I first found you. I read your uh, interview about predator and we talked about oh yeah oh classic one of my faves and then (laughs) yeah i got another interview coming out on dread central with alan howarth so that was super fun to do those two guys back to back so those will be coming out soon on dread Central. amazing yeah and make sure to find all of rachel's podcast stuff we'll have all of her information in the show notes uh thank you again for making the time guys you know the deal in october 31 days 31 pods Uh, So we'll see you tomorrow with another awesome conversation with one of our amazing horror-loving friends. It's the best time of the year, guys. Uh, We can't wait to see you again tomorrow.